think the time is gone now where people had values at home in their personal lives and then just went and went to work and did a job that was disconnected, you know. People really, really don't want to waste their time, their precious time, frankly, <laughs> working for somewhere that's not going to be a force for good. And I love that. I love that those, I mean, you know, it just goes back to the, it goes back to the, the aura map, doesn't it? And this sort of general awakening, I think it's really, it doesn't surprise me that it's in sync. Well, hello, and welcome to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast, where you'll hear conversations that generate one aha moment after another for you. There is an enormous wave of goodness and progress well underway in the world that almost none of us knows enough about. It is so well hidden by the negative noise in our media landscape that I'm calling this wave of goodness and progress a conspiracy of goodness. And if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because you are part of that wave. You may be um, an idea person, the person that's a, an important giver or doer in your circles. And the guests on this podcast, different as they may be every single week, they can be inspiration, joy, and the source of fresh ideas about how you continue this key role that you have as, um, as a leader in the conspiracy of goodness small and large, whatever you're doing, if you're tuned into this podcast because you want to hear about what's right with the world, you are probably part of that wave. So welcome. I'm Dr. Linda Ulrich, founder of the Mothership website of this podcast over at The Goodness Exchange. The Goodness Exchange is a website where we've written, um, published thousands of articles about all the good that's happening in the world that we're not hearing anything about in our media landscape. You know, all the doom and gloom certainly makes it to the top, but what's right with the world is just a quiet voice. Unless we all come together in places like the Goodness Exchange and the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast and many, many other places in our media landscape that is trying to elevate this different narrative about all the possibility that's out there. And today we're going to get started on that with a wonderful guest, Claudia Rayom. I am going to re-ask her about that in just a minute because I've pronounced it wrong for about two weeks since I first met her. <laughs> but I got to tell you, Claudia is just an amazing thought leader that when I was introduced to her, I had to share with you. Claudia is chief engagement officer of an amazing company that is pointing the way to our living lives of balance in a sustainable way with the future that does not feel like a loss and sacrifice. This is a really big part of this whole climate change mitigation and what you and I and everyone in the world has to do next. We have to get over this sense of loss. Well, Claudia is, she works for an organization called Do Nation. Do Nation has worked with 500 organizations across 100 countries already, and nearly 60,000 people have pledged. So together, what they've done is saving the equivalent carbon emissions of having driven around the world four and a half thousand times. This is Meaningful Difference. Claudia, welcome to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast. I, the, the, she sent me a few sentences about herself very humbly today, and I thought it was a perfect introduction. She said that when uh, that she decided 
that conventional living was something that happened to other people when she was quite young. <laughs> so she's been rejecting the status quo forever and leading about with values and curiosity and a creative spirit. And most of her working life worked with purpose-driven organizations. This is a life worth living and a life worth sharing with us here at the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast. Claudia, how are you? Oh, I'm so well. Thanks, Linda. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> what a lovely introduction. <laughs> well, I tell you, um, I, our, I introduced our mutual friend, David Pearl. Um, and uh, he's, after I finished that kind of introduction, he said, wait, wait, let me go get my wife. She needs to hear this. <laughs> we all are all together, all of us, just ordinary people in the end, aren't we? Ordinary and also extraordinary. Yeah. Totally. Yes, that's exactly, yeah. that's exactly right. Well, you know, everyday people are having some trouble with this narrative about how we are part of climate change mitigation without feeling like we're sacrificing lives well lived. Let's start by having you blow the doors off that myth because I talked to you for an hour and a half one day and I felt like anything's possible. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think it's a really great place to start because, because we do have a big, a big deal on our hands, right? There's no avoiding the fact that climate change is, is a, is a big issue with strong feelings and emotions associated with it. And we can feel powerless in the face of it which is not a great feeling and we can mm -hmm. and we can feel alone as well in that mm -hmm. in that and and donation just proved we've been going for 12 years now so we've got quite a lot of evidence wow. we just proved time and time again that when you bring people together in a community and you give them just some pretty simple i mean it's it you know these aren't big secrets that we're sharing with people. Pretty simple, practical steps and things that they can do. It's just like a little, a little lift up, you know. Mm -hmm. You bring people together, give them a little bit of a lift up. Um, you can take them from climate anxiety into action, and then onto, I mean, really, like anything is possible. Onto advocacy, onto innovation, imagination, creativity. And when we start, when we stop feeling worried and anxious, our creative brains and our imaginations click into place, and that's when we can see the possibilities. And that's when we can see the potential, not just of ourselves, but of the people around us. And that's when you really start, you know, you can really start going for it. And then you have your own evidence which then gives you more confidence. And it's a sort of, you know, it's this just brilliant, ever-growing cycle of action and impact. That's lovely. You know, that is such a great, um, a great way to kind of introduce us, tiptoe us in. And it reminds me instantly of a concept that we wrote about on the Goodness Exchange. It's a fabulous TED Talk about something called stubborn optimism. Talk to us about how this way of thinking that you're you're proposing gets to that stubborn optimism opportunity for us all. Mm -hmm, sure, love to. So stubborn optimism is something I came across a couple of years ago. There's an amazing woman called Christiana Figueres who leads on this. She's written an incredible book with a guy called Tom. I really recommend it. Um, in a nutshell, stubborn optimism is about 
tapping into human power and agency, really. It's about, it's about recognizing the reality of climate change and the kind of hopelessness that comes with that. Um, but understanding that we actually know, so we know there's a problem, but we also know that we have everything we need to solve it. We actually, <laughs> I don't know if everyone knows this, it, even as I say it, and I say it all the time, it kind of blows my mind each time. We have the technology, we have the finance, we have the ideas, and we have the people, but we don't really have the people. So we have the human capacity, potential capacity, but I don't think everyone realizes that we have all of these other solutions just lined up, ready to go. And so stubborn optimism is brilliant because it, it helps us, it moves us from a kind of state of naivety, you know, naive imagination and just hoping that things will be okay and hoping that things will turn out all right and hoping that the next government will solve all the problems or the next multinational business will get a new CEO and suddenly they'll change everything. We need to own our own parts in this, but that's not that's not all on us. Well, it's not all on one person because we're all acting as as part of a community in action. Yeah, no, it's a it is a very complicated it's a complicated new way of looking at things. I think that um, when I think about stubborn optimism, I'm reminded of the stories of almost everyone who we've ever written about on the on the Goodness Exchange. Our our own story your founder's story. These are, these are totally examples of just wind in our faces efforts because of something back here that we know to be true. Mm -hmm. And so we keep going and we keep going and we keep going despite the pushback. And usually um, there's a breakthrough and then we can see that all that struggle and all that perseverance was worth it. Mm. So maybe that's a great way to get into your founder story because that is a that, that's just a great way to learn how things come about talk to us about your founder story claudia yeah perfect so our founder is a, a wonderful woman called hermione um she has a, a behavioral science background and um, that's what she was studying for and she decided she had a hypothesis that she wanted to test so she along with a friend uh, decided to cycle on bicycles uh, from London to Morocco, to North Africa. <laughs> it's a fair distance. And she wanted to find out if she could ask her friends and family to pledge a small climate action while she was cycling. So you know, more conventionally, you might ask someone to um, donate some money to go to a charity if you're doing some sort of sporting challenge like that. And she thought, hang on a minute, maybe if I ask people to pledge action instead of cash, that could lead to some really interesting things happening. So she did that. She cycled to Morocco and I mean, cycling through Spain, it's, there's some pretty lovely days on the road there, right? It's yeah. not all hardship, but she did find when she got to Morocco and the Atlas Mountains in particular, that there was some climbs. And, you know, you're not cycling. The fun bit about cycling is you go up a hill and then you get to go down. Yeah. But it, in Morocco, you, I mean, you don't get to go down in the same day. <laughs> you just keep going up and up and up and up and, her, you know, thighs burning, sun on her back. 
it's a tough ride, but do you know what kept her going? Was the idea that her brother, who really, really loves eating meat, had pledged to go vegetarian one day a week. And she knew that despite the heat and the fatigue, muscle fatigue from cycling up that mountain, her brother not eating meat for a day a week was much harder for him than it was for her. So she discovered along the way all just all of these things that she really didn't think she just had no idea these sort of consequences of this ride and when she got back she crunched some numbers she worked out all of the things that her friends and family had said they'd do like turning the thermostat down by one degree eating less meat cycling occasionally to work or school those sorts of little you know fairly everyday things she crunched the numbers and she worked out that she'd not only saved her flight and her friend's flight to Morocco because they cycled, the impact of all of those friends and family actions, the carbon they'd saved collectively was equivalent to 82 flights from London to Morocco, which is not inconsiderable, right? And she's, I will admit, she sort of thought her friends and family might say oh thank goodness you're back we don't have to do that anymore it was so hard (laughs) but no the opposite she surveyed them because she loves data and she found out that they not only did they enjoy the actions and then their new habits and new ways of doing things they wanted to continue doing and they wanted to try something new now please what's my next step all right, so this gets us. So there, when you if you were to go to the Do Nation um, website, you're going to immediately get a choice of as a indiv- organization or an individual. So you can go in different places, and it sounds to me like this um, that what you just described as your founder's experience and then impact. You've created um, a place for individuals to go and create their own projects and impact and pledges and all that. And it it just sounds so delightful. So I was going to start with the business side of this, but let's start with the individual side, since there's such an inherent connection between that and your founder's experience. Yeah, lovely. Let's do that. So that that still exists. That's a, that's a, that's a part of our website where people can go and f- it's completely free of charge. It's also sort of not profit, not for profit arm. You can go on and if you are doing a sporting challenge, or maybe you've got a big birthday coming up, actually, and you'd rather people give action rather than cash. You can set up a little page and then send everyone your link, and then they can choose from a menu of different things and and pledge that. We have um, we have couples who've used it as an alternative wedding list. Oh. They've had you know 100, 200 people pledge action instead of giving wedding gifts, which is really lovely because weddings can get a little over the top sometimes, mm-hmm. right? So that's a really nice way to bring people back to you know community and and back down to earth a bit and um we've had yeah recently we had a 30th birthday (laughs) on the platform and people just use it all that's all the time every day we get a little notification someone set up a new page and it just trundles along and it's there for everyone and anyone to use and uh, you know it's it's really lovely to see actually and, and quite we love seeing the slightly more ingenious or creative ways that people use it you know, I was thinking uh, about um, the way I would use it in my mind and so forth. And I was thinking um, one of the things that would come out of this would be it would spark new conversations. There, there's like there was like a ripple effect that goes well beyond the actual 
you know, carbon footprint, I think, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. So we used to talk, I used to talk about the ripple effect quite a lot because this is a huge part that we don't always talk about. So you talk about your carbon footprint or your environmental footprint. I think that's pretty well understood, right? So um, emissions, maybe how much kind of waste you generate, how much water you use, that kind of thing. There's a ripple effect of influence and someone someone called started calling it the climate shadow, but I find that can be a and shadow's a bit gloomy for me, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. So I have started calling it the cl your climate aura, yeah. which I love because when you start taking action, like on Donation, you can see when other people in your community have, have are taking an action and you can see how much carbon they're saving, how much waste they're saving. So there's kind of that social proof there. So you can say, oh, I'm also going to try and cut my food waste down. So I'm going to talk to Shelley and get some tips from her. And then you pledge yours and someone else will see it. So there's that kind of immediate influence. But if you start cycling to work, even just once a month, your neighbors are going to see that. And you start normalizing these behaviors. And of course, if you talk about it, it sparks all sorts of amazing conversations. We run an amazing, I say we, in conjunction with a, a company over here. They ran an amazing program and they engaged thousands of their workforce all over the UK and it was oh it was really magical it was really really brilliant they used Yammer at work for, for chats and it hadn't hadn't really taken off you know they had it in place and as an internal comms channel it helped get you know the key messages out but it wasn't really um, a community space yeah. their donation program and I mean nearly nearly made it topple over from so much traffic people were sharing tips on recycling sharing vegan recipes taking pictures in the supermarket in the stores why is this tomato wrapped in plastic i just don't understand can someone tell me why you know and it it really just became the most incredible success story for well for yammer <laughs> i think but also for their engagement program and and for climate action and those lovely conversations because we're humans and we love connection mm -hmm. and we love talking mm -hmm. and we we're so creative and i think this you know this loops back around to the beginning of the conversation when we're talking about not feeling like not feeling a bit anxious and not feeling like we have power but as soon as we start those conversations those bits in our brain just start firing and that you know that's when that that I love the idea of the climate aura because we don't really know how far, how bright it shines it's not something that we can necessarily see ourselves but it is shining and every time you do something it it kind of zings it pings with light and I was thinking about it the other day and you know when you see a picture of sometimes on tv or in a program you see a picture of the globe like the camera's quite far away and 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 you can see the you know the bit of the curve of the earth but you can see all the lights on in all the cities you know the biggest cities yeah. sort of have the the brightest shining lights and i was thinking actually you know there's so we're reaching quite a lot of positive tipping points now yes with climate action with renewable energy days with electric vehicle use there's all of these i think we're reaching you know a climate or a tipping point and we just need a certain amount of people is I think the status I think we need one million people and then it becomes normalized and then there's a well that's the tipping point right and then the world is flooded with climate auras and the light is just zinging off the world I tell you that's the way I look at this conspiracy of goodness 
upwelling that mm-hmm. I talk to people about all the time. You're part of it. You're, there is just so much good happening in the world. When I started the Goodness Exchange 10 years ago, I looked at what I could find that was good to start writing about. And I thought I had about three months worth of content. If something didn't take off, this would, project would have a short life. <laughs> and then within a year, we had a backlog of th- 300 things that we could choose from. And then every year, this, you are so right about the tipping point. I really feel like if we just look at the, the climate change mitigation or the fact that people care, I mean, you gave me a statistic. Um, you, you've heard it say, heard it said that eight out of 10 people want a climate change related job. I yes. think you're absolutely right. I, I read about a study done of the California um, state college system where they quizzed all the, the students. They and um, 80% of college students want some climate change related job, even if they're English majors or math majors. It They had to kind of incorporate it into the curriculum in most majors now. It's become so. That's so, brilliant. Yeah. You know, that that's that's part of this this um, this worm turning right now. So let's take a break and when we come back. We'll talk with Claudia about so many things, some small tips, um, what the what the business side of this is that your organization you may work for can get involved in and all that. OK, we'll be back. Hey, Dr. Linda here. Did you know that a recent Harvard study found that exposure to just four minutes of good news each day will make you 32% less anxious and 18% more optimistic. Just four minutes, we've all got that much time to devote to our worldview and our sense of flourishing. Yes, if you make a habit of learning about just one piece of remarkably good news each day, you can be the one in your circles with fresh insights, ideas, and a sense of strength Okay, so that takes care of the problem in our personal lives. But what about our work environments? We need to feel like we come alive there, that we have meaning and purpose there. Well, enter the goodness exchange for business. For companies that want to create optimistic and values-driven work cultures, our content can give you a way to turn aspirational ideas like positivity into a concrete way of being in the workplace. In fact, employee retention and attraction may depend on your company's ability to nurture a tone of innovation, interesting collaborations, and possibility. And most importantly, the Goodness Exchange can meaningfully elevate your company's wellness efforts and benefits packages. Your work culture can be offering employees something new peace of mind and that sense of flourishing where employees well-being isn't just a perk it's the way we care about the individuals in our workplaces so if you'd like to chat about infusing your culture with a tone of celebration about goodness and progress we'd love to chat contact our ceo liesel her email address is info at goodnessexchange.com thanks Okay, we're back with Claudia Rayon. I got to tell you, um, Claudia is filling me with hope about this uh, this way that climate change used to feel like such a sacrifice or cl- climate change, our role in climate change mitigation used to feel like such a sacrifice, but now it, 
it doesn't feel so boring anymore and it doesn't feel hard. You've got some quick tips that you mentioned in our pre-interview. So let's get back at the conversation and start with a few of those. Yeah, great. Okay. So we work a lot with really, really busy people. Yeah. So it's really important to just be able to think, okay, well, what can be, what's a quick tip that can have a big impact? I think that's really important to us. So I've got um, a couple of a couple of good ones. The first one is quite simple, and I, I think I'm, I imagine a lot of your listeners are already doing this. But getting a reusable coffee mug yeah. in the UK, when you have a reusable coffee mug, you get money off your coffee every day, oh. so you save money and you save the environmental waste. So it's such as it's you know, and it, and it doesn't you're not sacrificing anything, you're not losing anything. It's just so quickly just becomes part of your daily life um, there's another one which I love because it has huge impact and it can take it can take maybe half an hour and that is to move your money so where we bank has incredible incredible impact and consequences on the world there are some banks that will invest your money in ethical and sustainable activities. And there are some banks that will invest money in fossil fuel companies, arms, and other things. So depending on how you feel about the world, you can switch banks. And it sometimes is as much as making a phone call to your new bank, saying, here are my details, filling out one form. Sometimes it's really just one short form and they do the rest for you. Changing banks is, a, is, a, is one of the sort of big gnarly behavior change things. And actually banks know that. So they have designed out a lot of the pain <laughs> to make it really easy for people. The other thing. Oh, so you call, are you saying just to make sure, call the bank you want to switch to? Yeah. Oh, call the bank you want to switch okay. to. Yeah. That is a quick win. Okay, good. Really Keep going. Win. And then the other thing in a similar vein, but again, I love this because it can have a really, really, really big impact is, um, if your organization, your employer, uh, provides pension um, funds, you can ask them to uh, choose more sustainable funds. So they don't necessarily need to change the pension provider, but they can change different pots. And you can do that too. And again, that can just be one phone call to your, your pension provider just to say, I'd like 50% I'd like of my pension to be in sustainable or ethical funds. Um, and they used to be quite, they used to come with quite high risk, uh, those funds, but now that now the risk is reduced a lot. So you, you don't necessarily lose savings. So I really like those because they are maybe not what you'd think immediately. You might think more like stop using plastic shopping bags and use a cotton shopper, right? Which of course do that. <laughs> yeah. um, but the, the banking thing is, is, is really cool because it has just a very, very, very big impact. You know, and <laughs> I'm sure you could go on, but I want to point out something you said the other day that kind of stuck with me. This taking action is the antidote to anxiety. Boy, when you said that to me, I, I thought of other things, not related to climate change, but other things when I'm anxious about something that my kids are up to, or when I'm anxious about something in my business life. Talk to us about that little, that little quote. Yeah, it's so, it, I'm really glad that you love discovering that because I think that's, 
that's one of those little steps. You know, we talk about little steps along the way that can help move people into into action. And sometimes just knowing <laughs> knowing that if you do try something, it's going to help you um, is, is is really important. So, seventy percent of um, adults in the UK worried about climate change. Right? I don't know the stats globally. People know there's a problem, and they're worried about it, and they feel anxious about it, and they don't know what to do about it. And then that means that they just stay in this you know, not particularly comfortable place of not of being, you know, knowing there's a problem and not, not, not being able to do anything about it. So we find that it can, it, it can be overwhelming to think about the big problem, right? Mm. And that just, that can turn people off. You know, you just sort of go, okay, oh, really big problem, head in the sand. Thank you very much. I'm just going to carry on with my life and someone else will sort it out, hopefully, hopefully. But you don't really feel much better for it. You know, I was <laughs> thinking the other day, I had a piece of work to do and it was sort of outside of my normal job and it was a favour for a friend and I really wanted to do it for them. And I had a deadline and I just thought, if I do it tonight rather than on the deadline night, it will be done and then... I won't have to do it anymore. And then I thought, oh, I'm really tired and I really want to watch that show on Netflix. And so I think I'll just watch the show on Netflix and go to bed early, actually. And I knew there was a quite a loud voice in me saying, just do it. Just write the article. Just write the piece. Just do it. Because then it's done. And then the other voice just managed to shout over the top and just said, Netflix. <laughs> So I watched Netflix, I went to bed and I woke up feeling a bit crappy because I hadn't done what I needed to do. And I think climate action is a little bit like that. You feel so much better when you've done something. Oh my goodness. And when you, t you, know, when you take action with, with us or within a community, you don't only benefit from knowing that you've actually done something. That, in that increases your well-being, right? Because you instantly you're part of the solution, right? You also, with a lot of the a lot of the actions, you usually um, feel fitter or healthier, or you save money, as in that coffee cup example. You know, you have immediate, tangible, personal benefits that have nothing to do with your carbon footprint, by the way, but are just really nice bonus benefits. So that makes you feel good, mm -hmm. and then you're acting alongside your community. So you're making connections and you're having those conversations. And when you when you are taking action with people around you. That's when it feels really good, and and mm -hmm. it just turbocharges that confidence, right? Because mm -hmm. you're you're gathering evidence that what you're doing is right. You're gaining confidence to say, "Oh no, well I did that. I started using my reusable coffee cup. I'm going to get a shopping bag now that I can just reuse every time. And next time, I might even walk. I mean, I might even leave the car behind next time. I just want to get a right. pint of milk. In fact, I think I'll just walk to the shop." Oh, oh, I can take a trot. Oh, I'll take a trolley next time. And then I can do the whole, you know, and you just start, you're on that lovely staircase of change. And there are big, you know, there are big feelings that come with climate change. You, ha you know, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that. Like, it's not all roses. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you don't just change up your behaviors just like that. Once you're on the right path and you're doing it with people around you, it is so much easier and it's so rewarding.
Yeah, I tell you, um, as you're talking and you're giving these examples, I'm thinking of um, how being a part of this new way of thinking about our individual actions and it impact is is a is a conversation starter with strangers. It's a it's it's a feeling of belonging. It's a suddenly you're part of a community. Like when my husband and I just bought our first e-bikes. And um you know, we live in a rural and very rural setting in the woods in Vermont near Montreal and um so we can't use those bikes like would be sensible in an urban area to commute to work. But in the store where we were, there was what was called a cargo e-bike. And it looks like a regular bicycle, but it has these funny long bars coming off the back. And I thought, now that is a community and conversation starter. Um, and then my kids that were with us, um, 30 somethings, you know, they went on to just, they just rambled on for 15 minutes about how this particular bike, this cargo bike is like the, it's, <laughs> it's like the minivan of, of mom cycles, taking your kids to school on the e-bike or the it's the 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 hauler a uh, uh, vehicle the van delivery van vehicle like you can go to the grocery store with it and so forth and and i thought oh you know parking this thing places or riding it places it maybe it would make you instantly part of a of a whole new world of people who you know care about the same things you do and i think it probably it probably starts with a coffee cup right Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, lovely. Okay, so we can't um, we can't go much further without talking about how this how you guys can help businesses, companies, large and small, big corporations um, create this healthier, happier workforce with this mm-hmm. concept. Mm. Yeah, great. So, so uh, when I mentioned before, we started off with Hermione riding to Morocco, and it started out as an individual donate by doing campaign about five years in a really famous smoothie company over here came to Hermione and said we'd like to run this in our workplace and she initially she said no (laughs) she said no I don't think it would work (laughs) which I love (laughs) and then they came back six months later and they said and we really think it will work. <laughs> and she said, okay, fine. And so they started developing the platform so that organizations could have can you can have a sort of hub and teams can then make pledges together. And so we now have this digital platform and we work with multinational organizations of all shapes and sizes. And it's where it's a space where people can come together and they can make pledges and we've designed it so that you can plan a program in line with organizational either points in the year or new sustainability strategy net zero targets whatever it is that is going and going on for the organization Mm -hmm. Um, you can sort of customize and design your action program to engage people in different ways at different points in the year and there's a little bit of friendly competition built in, but mostly it's centered around community. So when people people can see in real time all of the data, they can see how many people have made a pledge, they can see how much um, carbon, waste and water is potentially going to be saved. And then when people start reporting back and telling us how they have done with their pledges, people can see how much has actually been confirmed and the impact that's, 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 that's confirmed. And then, um, 
you can have a leaderboard features, which this smoothie company who are very fun and quirky, their brand is all about kind of uh, really friendly competition and having a lot of fun and laughs. They had a leaderboard so they could see whether the, you know, oh, the Paris office is at the top of the leaderboard. Quickly, guys, let's make some more pledges and, you know, pit them to the post. And so they built in lots of fun things and and lots of organizations will have in their team meetings, people sharing stories around their successes, but also which brings a humor to it, which is really important in our line of work bring your failures you know so you tried to uh, to do this but oh my gosh it didn't work how hilarious this is what I'm going to try next time so it just brings the conversation around action into work in different ways and of course organizations will use it you know in a, in a way that suits them mm. um, but we have some lovely juicy data that I would like to share with you so um, not only do we have the personal benefits for the pledges. So, for example, um, two thirds of people who take action on donation say report increased sense of well-being. That's sixty-eight percent, which is amazing, right? It's so cool. Uh, half feel fitter and healthier after we ask them after two months after making their pledge. So they've had a few weeks of doing this thing. Forty-seven percent say they save money. So that totally blows out of the water this idea that being sustainable is you know it's more expensive you've got half of people saying they save money and um 70 seven in ten people say that they feel part of a community making a difference together and that's at work and what i love about the organizational programs is that eight in ten people say they're more proud of their organization for doing something to tackle sustainability and 85 percent of people report an increased awareness and understanding of sustainability and climate change so it's it's upskilling people you know it's increasing climate literacy which is the foundation layer along with a kind of a connection to wanting to do something that's when you start building those climate jobs into a workforce and that's when you get to see change happening at like a systemic level that is so lovely and you know i can see um again that sense of community and belonging and um, that reinforcement of what's right with the world, you know, we at the Goodness Exchange um, help businesses work good news into their into their um, their workforce, into their day. Mm-hmm. And you know, the statistic that you that you quoted, the ones that we're using from Harvard studies and others, are, fall right in line with that. I mean, we do have so much agency over how we feel about our days, so much more than we thought. We do, don't we? And I think the time is gone now where people had values at home in their personal lives and then just went and went to work and did a job Mm -hmm. that was disconnected. You know, Mm -hmm. people really, really don't want to waste their time, their precious time, frankly, (laughs) working for somewhere that's not going to be a force for good. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love that those, I mean, you know, it just goes back to the, it goes back to the, the aura map, doesn't it? And this sort of general awakening, I think it's really, it doesn't surprise me that it's in sync. No. And, and it's so um, self-reinforcing too. It's really a snowball. All right. So I hope we've got people excited to, um, to go to the do nation website and, 
just dive in with some fun. It's a really good website. I just was on it a uh, half an hour ago trying to sort out um, uh, where I would connect or where I could re- recommend people connect. And I really think it's just about as you've explained. If you've got a birthday coming up, a wedding, a, an event or something, and you you want to um, expand what's possible with this action over here, the ripple effect on that individual side is super. And then on the organizational side, you know, I think the number one business in the uh, business problem in the United States is attracting and retaining really wonderful talent. And I can see that this, this would attract the right kind of people for most businesses that have a purpose driven organization. Yeah. It's really, it's really, um, We've had it. We've, you know, we've had it in quite a lot of uh, feedback that people love seeing that their organisation is is not just talking the talk but walking the walk. Yeah. And I know it's a cliche, but it's a great word. It's a great phrase because it really sums it up. Yeah. It really sums it up. Okay. So also, I want to make sure people understand that when you say the word pledge, um, at least Americans think that's money. Uh-huh. Think that that we're talking about um, creating pledges or creating a system where your pledge pledges grow. Um, most Americans would go, Oh, we're going to be asked to donate to this or that, or the other thing with money. But I want to make sure <laughs> if you have to go back and re-listen to this podcast and think of everything in terms of action, this is what you're offering a new way of thinking about Claudia is taking action being expansive, offering your friends in circles and work compadres a way to also get a spring in their step through actually making a little bit of a difference and coming together around it. Am I right about that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Can I read a quote? Can I I read a quote to end on? Because I think it sums up what Mm -hmm. you just said really nicely. So this is a program that ended just last week and a company that have every kind of year they come back and they run another program. So um, their returners and they said we're in a time when climate anxiety is high and there's a sense of hopelessness around it knowing steps you can take being aware of these and being able to promote to others externally helped bring a sense of control the sense of friendly competition and community this created within the company gave people something to talk about and added another aspect to our day-to-day lives knowledge is power that's lovely. That's a, that you could break that down. You could take 10 minutes on every single one of the points that they made there. Well, this is what we're all shooting for is a work-life balance that includes meaning and purpose in our working life. And then part of that balance thing is not feeling so out of balance by the negative noise in this world. What if it's about the noise? And what if it's about us realizing we don't have to listen to the noise, we can take action? I love that. We're living in a time of transformative change and we just have to remember that, I think, and yeah. hold on to it. Yeah, and the upside to it, the upside, it's, it doesn't have to be a slog. Okay, so, you know, if this interview had only been a couple minutes long, what do you really wish people knew? Sometimes when you do, you know, get in, inundated by the bad news or you see something that's not ideal happen right in front of you or whatever, you know, I know that I have a little two minute message I give about um, how we 
navigate the internet differently. It's what I really wish people knew that their click is a vote that they, that they should not click on anything that they don't want more of. (laughs) But what do you really wish people knew? I love this. It's, I have so many different answers to this, (laughs) but I would say that you can achieve anything. You are amazing. And just ask what really matters to you deep down and act on your values. Lovely. Lovely. You can never go wrong if you act on your values. You can stand up to the criticism of others because you're acting on your values. You can stand up to almost anything. We're back to where how I introduced you as somebody who didn't want to surrender to what other people thought was real or possible or whatever. Okay, so what has to happen? First, how can people connect with Donation? What what should people do next? Great. Okay, so have a look at our site. I'm sure that it's wearedonation.com. It will be in the notes, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You can go on and, yeah, if you've got an event coming up, create a page and, and invite your, your, your community to, to, to take, a, take action. Um, we have amazing plans for evolving our platform because we really want to turbocharge impact. Um, and this is a bit cheeky to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. We're raising investment at the moment so that we can realize these really, really big, ambitious amazing plans so um anyone can just get in touch with me um and yeah the more we can grow our network i think you know it's not just about it's not just about uh the nuts and bolts of business isn't it it's it's about growing our network and growing our global community so mm-hmm. connect it's a network it's a network that's going to make this happen that's absolutely the way it's going to work is that we all are going to find little ways to, to reach out to strangers and friends and we'll all become friends in the end. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Claudia, for telling us all about donation. I want folks to remember that as a part of this, uh, Claudia is in this wave of goodness and progress that we're pointing to at the goodness exchange. The goodness exchange has thousands of articles about people like this it's good news for people who are curious and want to know what's right with the world so join us there if you want to extend this this way of thinking and expand it in every direction i hope the connections that claudia and i have given you to goodness and progress will carry you through your week and you will start finding all the joy and wonder that we've been talking about thanks <laughs>